Hidden Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas, and we'll give your story a shout-out in a subsequent episode. Join us as a guest and gain 10 entries into our grand prize draw. I mean, the grand prize draw isn't real, but definitely, like, to join us as a guest thing, absolutely. If you've got the time, you've got an idea, and you, uh, you know, want to spend an, an hour and a half making a recording for turning into a podcast, then absolutely. Just send us anything, and that's real. The grand prize draw, though, again, not real. Still fake. Well, you know. We don't know what the grand prize is, and we don't know what we're drawing. I guess we could come up with a grand prize draw, not like a draw, like yeah. a grand prize to, to fake, but like, I'm not entirely certain why we would. Well, if we ever do a grand prize draw, all of our guests will get 10 entries per episode that they came on as a guest. Bam. <laughs> there we go. Which, well, we're not promising we ever will have one, because... No, no promises. Just <laughs> if. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. My name's Eunice. I am the author of Fantasia and Eternosaurus. And I'm, I'm currently crocheting like a, 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 a model of a, of a uterus because somebody asked me to. <laughs> That's certainly a choice. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm Atheo, author of a couple of things that I've said on the show and 40 short stories you've never heard of. It's more than 40. And as usual, you have no fun fact. You know, I think that was my fun fact, that I write a bunch of short stories that they never see. Yeah, but you say that all the time. I, I reference that I write short stories, but I don't reference that, you know... I've done anything with them. And I have done some things with them. And some of them you could definitely find if you if you spent the time to. But, like, for one thing, they're not under, like, any name that I discuss here. So, I did get paid for others, though. So, you know, I consider it a win. Making cryptic statements about things that you write is, no, is not new. That's true. That's definitely true. It's just, it is what it is. <laughs> like, the cryptic statement isn't new, but the particular cryptic statement being made this time is kind of new, I believe. We are getting into the 70 episode mark, you know, so it's been a while. Hey, I still manage to come up with new things once in a while. You do, but like, <laughs> not every episode, and... I am even worse at that, because, like, I don't know what people want to hear. Something interesting? What counts as interesting? Anyway, while we ponder that philosophical question, do we want to get to the actual show? Sure. Alright, so, because this week is one of my ideas, I do have something. Um, In this particular case, what I was thinking we could do is format a detective story where our main character has the ability to essentially touch something and hear the last emotionally loaded conversation that that item would have heard. Okay. But so. they don't have, like, any any choice in this matter uh, whenever they may first make contact with anything. Okay. 
and our... Detective, private eye, whatever we want to call him. So this is going to be some kind of crime-solving story? Crime or mystery, you know. It doesn't necessarily need to be a crime per se, but something that somebody wants to figure out. Okay. Uh, And then, you know, you can have a lot of fun just writing (laughs) dumb conversations that... Uh, they get snippets of uh, when they touch things that aren't related. It's specifically to emotionally story. charged conversations. Uh, yeah, like you know, just a touching bunch a of, bench like, would be weird. Uh, just a bunch of melodrama that like is not relevant to the investigation, but it's funny. But you don't even necessarily <laughs> know that it's not relevant to the investigation. Sure, but. You know, like, if you, if you enjoy just, like, you know... If you're the kind of person... If you're the kind of person who could write three pages of just dialogue in the middle of your book, this sounds like a perfect idea for you. Like, I could definitely do that. I have done that before. And honestly, it sounds like so much fun. You know, like, if you if you just like torturing your main character and then have them go, like... Ah, uh, I wish I hadn't heard that in my ears. <laughs> if you've ever written a dialogue scene with eight characters and over, over half of your uh, quotation marks do not have dialogue tags and yet everybody knows who's speaking every time, this is the perfect one for you. <laughs> um, you know, if you're a weirdo is what we're saying. Exactly. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Now. Okay. What mystery slash hiding things should our, our main character be investigating? Uh, I don't know. It has to be something confusing that takes them across multiple settings and has to sort out dozens of conversations. Presumably, like, you know, people are using, like, some kind of code language. So that you never know whether any of these conversations are actually related or not. Actually, I think we need to solve one little quirk before I make like suggestions. If 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 our main character is touching something, do they hear the entire thing like play out as they're in contact with it? Or do they hear the entire thing in a sort of suspended animation time? So they hear it all at once as soon as they touch it. And like it doesn't actually take them time. I mean, it probably doesn't take very much time, but they have to process it, so they're probably out for a couple seconds. Okay, so like three to five seconds where they're just like completely blank. Yeah. So. And they they hear it like the way that the object would have heard it. So like, if it was around a corner or uh, oh yeah, far absolutely, it would be harder to hear. I I guess the interesting thing here is if our main character touches a phone (laughs) yeah they would get like a really accurate uh, reconstruction of that one right I don't think so they would only they might not so like the phone would hear the phone does hear itself And and it's not based on the microphone right yeah, but the phone wouldn't hear the person coming in through the speaker nearly as loudly as the person talking into the phone. Um, 
And for instance, Maybe. if the person has like a Bluetooth headset and the phone isn't even... <laughs> the Bluetooth headset would make it incredibly difficult. Like, on touching yeah, the phone. Yeah, would be able... You like hear somebody like phasing in and out <laughs> as they like turn away from the phone and like move around and the, th- the phone gets thumped in their pocket as they're walking. <laughs> yeah. Like, you wouldn't, you wouldn't hear the other side at all if the phone's in a pocket. Which it would be, because that's why you get a headset. <laughs> you know, that would uh, add a fun complication to our whole detective story. It's like, I'll touch this phone and figure it out. Wait a minute, that's not helpful. <laughs> and then, like... It's like, I guess I gotta steal their Bluetooth headset for, like, 30 seconds? That's a problem. And then, like... Even if a conversation is, like, presumably something that would be emotionally charged, if one of the people in it, like, doesn't actually care or is a psychopath, then it won't register. Oh, that's an interesting wrinkle. (laughs) Oh, let's have to track a psychopath. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. There has to be at least one psychopath in there to throw a wrench at things. It doesn't need to be a psychopath. It needs to be somebody who doesn't have, like, an emotional feeling about the the matter. Fine. They don't have to be an actual psychopath. Yeah. There's just, like, yeah. At least one person who who is, like, a ghost because... They're emotionally uninvested. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then the detective is, like... Trying to figure it out because it seems like there's somebody involved, but not a single conversation involves. Like they exist on paper, and you can definitely see records of these people talking to each other. But like, <laughs> yeah, and then you could see conversations where two other people talk about this person, but the the person never appears. <laughs> oh, that's an annoying reality. <laughs> if they never appear. But they're actually a central player, so that just their presence really wipes out some of the most important conversations. Exactly, exactly. Oh, this sounds sounds terrible. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Again, if you love torturing your main character, you know, you're gonna have some fun. Alright, do we want other, like, small utility abilities like this to exist in the world, or is our main character just super special and happens to have this ability you know i would say probably just make it a world where various forms of what we call esp exist you know that's fair that would that would make sense i I would also add small like weird practical powers like somebody who can find any tool that they're looking for but it's not like it's not like it's creating a tool, right? It's that it teleports the nearest copy of that tool, and then as soon as they finish using it for the purpose that they intended to look for it for, then it just goes back to where it was. You know, like, make it a world where it's like, are these powers really gifts? Because they really got some serious downsides. They're more like quirks. Well, some of them I would, I would say are gifts. Like, again, that, that finding a tool one, it's like, I need a hammer. Where's a hammer? And then you just find, like, a random hammer in a shelf that you know there wasn't a hammer in there before, but, you know, it's like I guess I have a hammer for some reason? And then you deal with it, and then you put down the hammer, and then you look away, and it's gone. And it was somebody else's hammer. That was a real hammer. Exactly. So it seems very convenient until you get an angry 
person at your door wanting their hammer back. Well, but then you're like, I don't have your hammer. Have you looked where you last left it? And the answer is yes. That's assuming that they they finished using it and it went back, doesn't it? (laughs) I would assume that most people would not, that this situation would not occur very often. The point is, it should be a world of quirks where it's like, eh, it's got some downsides, I'm going to make that not cost any character points. I can hear <laughs> when people are thinking about me, but only when I can't see them. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's, that's a limitation, not a downside. No, 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 the, the down- that's a downside. Because, for one thing, if people were thinking about you at the same time, you would hear that at the same time. And you... I mean, the downside is that you can't turn it off. Oh, yeah. That's the downside. The I can hear it every time somebody's thinking about me, and I can't see them. As long as both of those conditions are met, I hear them. Damn, is that awful. Tries really hard not to get famous, otherwise just... Dead? Thousands, thousands of voices shrieking into the... Not necessarily shrieking. It would actually be much funnier if it was like low-tier whispers. What if they become like famous in a celebrity kind of way and then you get Actually, hold on. Fangirling. This character would be... That, that character that we were just talking about would be an awesome partner for our here previous conversations thing. Why? Because essentially they function as the face, right? So when they go out into like, you know, asking a few questions of the person who they're like trying to investigate, they ask like very specific questions that make you like later go back and like think about, wait, were they looking into this thing that I did? So they're essentially trying to overhear more information by making the thoughts about them related to the case. I don't necessarily think that that would work very well. It wouldn't work every time, but it would definitely work sometimes. Like, if you're worrying about being investigated, you wouldn't necessarily be thinking about the specific investigator. Uh, I was including, like, thoughts of... Wait, you wouldn't? No. It's like, oh, the cops are after me. You wouldn't be thinking, that cop is after me. Well, you might think, that cop who was asking questions is after me. Like, it's specifically the the taking of the face roll is for this purpose. I think it varies in terms of how people think about it, but it wouldn't be that reliable at all. I guess. Also, they're not cops. They're, like, specific private investigators. Yeah, but if you're just a nervous, twitchy person who doesn't want anyone investigating you, you know, it'll just... doesn't matter. I wasn't thinking that the, that the people being investigated were nervous, twitchy people. I was thinking that they were fairly normal people who just were decent at not leaving much of a real trail. Or at least one that could be found by non-law enforcement, which these people are very much not. Okay. Um, what are we investigating? I don't know. That's that's sort of the uh, difficulty here, right? I mean, in in classic detective novel format, you could have it be a rich housewife who thinks her husband is cheating on her. That would work. 
but why would that lead to this like multiple it's a massive intrigues? it's a massive conspiracy uh and he's her husband is not in fact cheating on her uh but oh, okay. he has signed up to be part of the murder uh murder co okay i see so it's like the good news is your husband's not cheating on you the bad news is it's a lot worse than that. <laughs> exactly Okay. <laughs> good news. Good news. Your husband is not cheating on you. Bad news. This money you have is from being part of Murder Incorporated. And, I'll still uh, take it. <laughs> but, you know. Frankly, Murder Incorporated has not yet murdered me. And I don't think that it will. Well, that's good. Morally dubious, but you know, detectives. I don't think that it will. <laughs> that's, that's a great level of certainty with which to live your life, you know? Who can live their life with complete certainty? Nobody, that's who. I answered my own question. Ha! Good job. <laughs> your mastery of rhetoric is truly admirable. In, in some cases, it is actually pretty good, to be fair. <laughs> It's just that I enjoy uh, making a fool of myself on, you know, occasion. On frequent occasion. Frequent occasion. Okay. So, some kind of big conspiracy that involves murder and large sums of money. Very large sums of money. Uh, and, you know, secret meetings. You know, there's probably a cartel around some kind of good. That works. I don't know what this good would be. But not drugs, because that's boring. Exactly. It's gotta be. It's gotta be something like the maple syrup cartel in Canada, but not maple syrup. What if it's a? <laughs> what if it's a, an experimental drug that boosts these ESP powers, and they're not talking about it because, like, you know, it's not really a, a thing we're supposed to talk about as a society. I assume the only reason that that would be underground is because the way to make it is bad. Well, we did say they were a murder incorporated, so... So it involves, what, killing brain his peers and, and, and... Yeah, taking their brain juice and doing something with it. And, and physically mushing their brains. <laughs> exactly. You, you have to take out bits of their brain and then uh, combine it with a bunch of other ingredients and then it boosts... ESP powers. Temporarily. Gross. <laughs> this is pretty gross. It is pretty gross. It is absolutely gross. That's the point. It's also a good transmitter for prion disease, but we don't talk about that. Oh no. <laughs> does, it, is, does it give people prion disease? I would say not always, oh. but it's got an unfortunately <laughs> high rate. Because, you know, it's black market and they're murdering people. You would think that it wouldn't be the actual brain proteins that would be the active ingredient and they could, you know, clean it up a bit. It would be funny if the brain proteins were actually part of the active ingredient and they just didn't know which ones, so they've just been mashing up whole-ass brains. Or, Or like the process of prion formation is both the way it kills you and the mechanism by which it amplifies your power da, da, da. i think i i think i'd <laughs> lean away from that one 
if only for the main character has a morally dubious occasion where they can get all the information they need to shut this down, all they have to do is take the take the pill. Well, I mean, it's like... But then they die this time, which is... If, if the prion kills them. Maybe. So. Maybe one dose is like, well, you're kind of risking it, but it might be safe. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was thinking. it might not be safe. It's like, you're kind of risking it, but it's, you know, there's a good chance you'll be okay. Like, you know, 60% chance you're fine. 40% chance you, you die. Also, you're eating somebody's brain. Don't worry about it. People's brain or people's cells misfold proteins all the time and you got your little refoldy proteins that are supposed to do their job but sometimes they don't do a good enough job so it's like how well how much do you trust your maintenance proteins <laughs> see lucky that's not really how most people are gonna approach this but uh it would be like you know feeling lucky it's like mm. 60% chance you're fine you just have to have some kind of 40% chance you die an agonizing death don't worry about it just have some kind of scientist character explain what's going on yeah. this scientist character is uh, you know somebody that our, our main character knows from a previous job <laughs> Yeah. I'm playing into detective novel tropes here like super heavily you know what I don't know what tropes like you know they used to work in the police and that's where they got some of their connections they decided that it was too restricting or something some something I don't know about too restricting but maybe they saw some like institutional corruption so they so they just left the institution yeah they got it they got in trouble for their they got in trouble for using their ESP on a job. Or they're, you know, not doing things by the book. That's that's very much not doing things by the book, is using ESP on a job. Probably not smiled upon, largely because that is not gatherable evidence. Probably violates some kind of privacy laws or some, some something. Probably violates a lot of privacy laws and other stuff, too. Well, I mean... You know, not necessarily. Only in a world where it's well known that ESP exists. I think people would be aware of it, but like not necessarily... Like, you would know that they exist, but you wouldn't necessarily know one, is I think the rate at which they would appear. Mm. It's like, these people with ESP definitely exist. It's also very small, and I wouldn't know if I know one because they wouldn't necessarily tell me. Because their power may be useless, or it may be something that, like, actively hurts them to tell people about. So, you know, it gets complicated. It's like, there's definitely people out there who can do weird things. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they can do. And there's no consistency to it whatsoever. You know, maybe there's some irrational public fears about ESPers that make them... I wouldn't even do... That, unless you were, you know, playing on some conservative government doing stupid things and being like, this minority is evil because we have decided as much. Also, we hire them because uh, occasionally they're way more useful politically. Like, 
I don't, I guess I just don't see the motivation to drum up fear about them. It's not about motivation. It's about realism and people I don't think you understand. Realism requires there to be a motivation for the drumming up of fear. It doesn't require motivation for the fear to exist. It requires motivation for the fear to be created societally. No, it just needs people. Name one bigotry or fear that exists without a motivation. Not behind the motivation of its continuance, but behind the motivation of its creation. People are naturally in an us versus them mindset. You don't need to have some. They really aren't. That's just factually false. They're easy to put into that mindset, but they are not naturally in that mindset. The the, the second you have the concept of kin, you have the concept of not kin. And that turns into us versus them. Yeah, but that's often as as a group that is societally defined. Like, the definition of the us and the them changes so rapidly and so regularly that you can't really like you don't need an us and a them as a sort of useful political tool you use it though because it motivates people often you don't need to have some society or some force like manipulating people in order to have bigotry for institutionalized bigotry you really really do it doesn't even it doesn't need to be institutionalized for people to not want to disclose if they have powers. I just said that the ESPers have reasons to not want to disclose if they have powers already, regardless of of how reality treats them. You just said that there would be some bigotry against them, and I'm just like, why? Because people are assholes. That's genuinely not enough explanation. It genuinely is, but No, whatever. it's not, but okay. Like, if you want to have some people who are, like, who had some secret revealed by by an ESPR at some point, so they've decided that ESPRs are evil and invading your privacy and you need to do something about them, like, that would be a, like, a genuine... Like, I don't know what, like... Creation of a bigotry. Saying, like, people aren't going to be prejudiced against people who are even slightly different. Like... Even, like, people with, like, tattoos, people will be biased against them. Because the bias was created as a product of... You know what? I'm just not going to go into the history there. But the... the A lot of biases that people are like, oh, this is a natural bias that just exists because people are different, is like, no, this specific bias that you're talking about was created in this year for this purpose by this group of people and then was just continued on into the present long past the point at which it was useful. Like, bias exists naturally and then it's taken advantage of and amplified. Yes, that's what I consider bigotry. That doesn't mean people don't just naturally have dumb things that they're biased against. Oh, obviously. Like, dumb biases is one thing, but bigotry is an entirely different beast. Sure. One is societally reinforced, one is one person's weird thing. It could be a lot of people's weird things without having to have 
a political motivation. And also, if you want to have a political motivation to be biased against ESPers, that's very easy to Oh yeah, think of no, absolutely. So, like, I don't even know why we're having this argument. I just don't think that it's, like, necessary for the story, for the bias to exist. And, honestly, would be kind of weird to, like, have here, just because, like, it, it doesn't really matter or prevent people from doing anything. The, okay. The word, like, if it does exist, it would purely be about realism in the story. It would not be, like, a major part of the story unless we chose to make it so. But, like, saying, ah, because we don't need it in the story, it wouldn't exist, is not good world-building. Well, it's more like, because we don't need it in the story, and doing so has no direct, like, positive impact on the story we're telling, and the fact that it kind of introduces a really big element because you're talking about the invisibility like an invisible minority and all the difficulties that come with that and it's just not something that I would be comfortable just dropping in as an extra element when we're doing so much other stuff okay because like the difficulties of invisible minority is just a lot just a lot anyway um where were we going before this Conspiracy. Conspiracy. Got it. So, what is this conspiracy specifically trying to do beyond sell brain pills to people? You know, control society, power. Find ESPers and control them. Control ESPers. Use it as an excuse to selectively harvest the ESPers who aren't in their organization. Ooh, that sounds like fun. Consolidation of power, you know. Doing terrible things for terrible reasons. Likely money. Mm-hmm. Alright, alright. And then this whole thing uh, accidentally discovered because a rich housewife thought her husband was cheating on her. <laughs> Very solid detective story. I like it, like it. And then our main character probably just passes this off to the police at some point. Does not have the power to actually do anything about this. And it's just like, alright, we're passing it off to the police. And then, because I don't want the story to end terribly, we essentially jump forward in time. Or maybe we do, like, one climactic confrontation of running away. And then the police just handle everything off screen. And it's fine. Uh, I don't think that's what would happen. I think what would happen would be they would get caught up in it and the police will want them to help with whatever operation that they're doing because they're already caught up in it and if they don't help get the the brain ring, <laughs> brain pill, brain oh, pill they have, ring. They have blackmail on our main character. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, they'll probably just get murdered if they if the bad guys don't get locked up. I mean, that's also so, true. So, you gotta help with the with the whole arrestee getting evidence And then they thing. have tension with the police, so, you know, they, uh, they play it off as, I'm only working for you if you pay me, and then the police immediately go, sure, we'll pay you, because, like, you're actively working on this case and working as a private contractor. To which our main character goes, oh... I mean, I was expecting you to say no and let me go, but fine. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, you can have your fun dynamic between the private eye. Show and off the their history together. De- detective and clash personality. Exactly. Bring in an old flame as the detective. There we go. And and so on and so forth. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. And I'm enjoying every minute of it. Don't sleep with your co-workers, guys. It's just too com- it's just complicated. <laughs> it's not that complicated, but okay. Anyway, um okay. moving on. <laughs> well, Sounds like you got things to tell. It us. really doesn't, actually. <laughs> it sounds like I have things to not tell you very specifically. Um, so moving on from that, uh, so they finally clean up this this uh, organization of murder ink, and then and then what do they do? Go back to their old life and tell everybody to screw off and reset for the next episode. Of- yeah, I mean, you could make this a, a series of fantasy-related cr- crimes. They're not even, like, that fantasy-related. They're, like, low urban fantasy. By definition, urban fantasy is low fantasy, but yeah. See, but there's, like, what I consider to be, like, low urban fantasy and high urban fantasy. Because, like, high urban fantasy, I'm like, there are vampires and werewolves living among us. Where this is more, like... There are some people with, like, mild abilities that are just around. Okay, now you're just making your own terminology up. Yeah, I know. High is just, it's not set in this world. Low is, it's set in this world. But you could have an urban fantasy that's not set in this world. It's just set in an urban world. Sure, but you calling an urban fantasy with vampires and werewolves high urban fantasy makes no sense. It's true. High and low are are actually supposed to refer to, like, the amount of world building more than, like, the amount of magic and shit. If you want to make up your own terminology, at least use new words so as not to confuse everyone. I'll confuse everyone (laughs) and I'll be happy about it. Confusing everyone is my life goal. Well, you're weird. (laughs) Alright. That was was just a statement of fact. That that was, yeah. We all knew that. that Yeah. Okay, well, this is this has been an episode. (laughs) Is that a whole plot? We have a main character and a bad guy, and some comedy elements and not a lot of comedy elements. It's not really a comedy story, but you know, you have your comedic relief. It's enough. And the beginnings of a couple of other characters, and a twinge of a magic system. That's not not really. I would consider this a magic system. (laughs) It's kind of a very soft magic system. Like the rules for any individual using it are very hard, but the rules for the magic system as a whole are incredibly soft. Yeah. No, I would do it that, you know, every power has a significant drawback. So it's like, ugh. I mean, yeah, I guess it's a gift. Or if you want to call it that. It's like, I I can definitely do a thing that nobody else can do, but, like, kind of don't want to. Like, if you get- if you offered me the chance to get rid of this power, I might. (laughs) Exactly. But it's always might, I think- I think it's the important thing to do here. It's never, I definitely would, or I definitely wouldn't. It's, I- I'd consider it. (laughs) 
I, I think really hard about it. Like, it's like, ugh. on the balance, I'm neutral. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Very important part of this. Well, if you liked this idea, uh, write it and email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com. If you hated it, I mean, it's the same address. It definitely exists for you to send email to. That'd be so weird, but yeah. It would be weird, but I would at least be entertained. Um, If you want to be a guest on our show, email us at guests at unwrittenimaginings.com. Or find us on pretty much any website and then say something, because, you know, we have DMs too. Just email us. Emailing would be easier. <laughs> I will give you that. Um, like and share and rate and recommend us to your podcast listening friends and on your podcast listening platforms and we'll see you next week see you next week